welcome to the Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. This is a podcast committed to bringing playful learning and teaching to every school. Simply put, we are finding joy in the journey. Today, we have Pastor Adam Marino from Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Kenosha. And today, the two of us are going to be chatting about gamification applied to Christian education. Uh, but before we do, Adam, can you introduce yourself? Give a little background. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, so playful learning, uh, a love of learning, creative learning in every classroom, but every learning environment, right? Because learning doesn't just take place in the classroom. It is right for me in a context of like within church, which in Christian education, a Sunday school classroom, a confirmation classroom, within the youth group, uh, adult learning, even all the way up to our seniors. So um, I was a middle school drama teacher at university school with Michael um, a couple of years ago. We uh, decided way back when we were beginner teachers that we wanted to make an impact um, on the learning and on the, the world of teaching and, and on our students. Um, and so in my drama classroom, I did quite a bit. Um, was given a lot of freedom to really be creative. Um, and towards the end of my teaching career, I really realized that what I was doing, the creative and innovative things I was doing within my classroom could be applied elsewhere. And for me, my faith is something that was really important to me. Um, and my experience within the church was that Christian education, within the Lutheran church at least, um, really struggled, wasn't um, necessarily innovative or creative, really relied on some very traditional ways of teaching. And I thought if I could bring the creative, innovative stuff that I was doing in my drama classroom um, into uh, the church, uh, maybe there would be something, uh, we all could learn a new, I would say a new experience of God that we could gain from that. And so I left teaching, went to three years of seminary and I just graduated, finished my internship here in Milwaukee and, uh, will be beginning as a pastor at Lord of life this coming fall. Well, congratulations on that, on your, your Thanks. whole going back to school and that whole journey. Uh, I will really say what it was like to be a learner in, in a place that, uh, that wasn't necessarily the most creative or innovative place to learn three hour long lectures. It was, uh, it was, uh, fun. It's fun. Uh, I will say that we did do a lot of innovative things, you know, back at university school together. Uh, this is actually not, while this is your first time on well-played podcast, Adam uh, and I have done a podcast before together, uh, so this is somewhat kind of old times, but a little a little different. Uh, looking at sort of gamification applied to Christian education, or if you want to dial that back and discuss a little bit about where you sort of started on that journey, uh, that might yep. give people some good context. Yeah, you. I... <sighs> You know, it's one of those things, you know, and as people start to, to listen to this or, or watch this, it, I'm speaking from a, a faith-based perspective, but it really is about, you know, how do we as innovative, creative teachers 
take that and apply it to any aspect of our lives, whether you're a coach of, of kids or you're, you teach at the, the local college level to adult learners or for me, and there's so many people I've met um, since leaving teaching. I still go to ed camps and stuff like that who, while they are teachers during the week, they are Sunday school teachers, they are confirmation leaders, they are youth group leaders, they volunteer within their faith communities, and yet somehow what they do in their really awesome, creative, innovative classroom, school classrooms, doesn't translate right now to, to their the learning within the Christian education or faith-based education. So I think there's a lot of people who can apply it to their faith lives, but then other people can just apply to any time you're working with children, right? Any, or not even just children, any time you're learning and teaching, which is all of the time. I don't know. So, um, yeah. So I, I have applied that in very uh, creative and, and some and very successful ways right now within uh, the church. Um, I have taken like things like flipped classroom. Um, and really had success in Bible studies, right? We're busy. Not everybody can make it to church at this time on this day for a Bible study. And one of the laments of the church is nobody's showing up anymore. Nobody's showing up. Well, I had an adult ed, a Bible study that had about, oh, about 10 to 15 people showing up for it, which was a nice group of people. But when I recorded sort of the learning and added additional resources and where in scripture you can sort of find this. And then we had like an online conversation on my blog. Well, the 10 to 15 people would show up in person, but then we had upwards of 40 to 50 people interacting with that learning. And it's like, whoa, like flipped that's Christian education. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like a game changer. Right. And that really builds community and, yeah. and is definitely more welcoming, I think, to probably a newer set of people who might want to engage in some of the traditional aspects of church, but can't fit the traditional timeline. Yeah. Same as and our students. Is, it then holds true because then, it, you know, you and I, I mean, I, we walk together as, as, as you've really built this, this gamification, uh, you wrote your book and it's just, it is something that I have seen be so successful for you but then so successful for all of these people who are learning from you and with you and gamifying their classrooms. Um, and so I was, so of course, I, you know, I was like, well, let's, if I'm going to try these other innovative and creative ways in my Christian ed stuff, like what does gamify, gamification in, in a faith-based learning environment look like? And it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's as awesome as it is in any of the, uh, uh, you know, any of your classrooms, right? Because people are so trained, so traditional, you know, you sit and you memorize these books of the Bible or this Holy scripture or that writing for me, I'm Lutheran. So that writing from Martin Luther, like it's a lot of sitting and reading and learning and being, I mean, the content is so heavy and we think it's so valuable to get into the kids that like, you know, we teach it, but are they learning it? And I think if most of us are honest, if we were raised in faith, we can't recite the things that we were forced to memorize or learn as, as kids. So like, let's, and, and the, the phrase we've been using is, is faithification. Let's, you know, faithify it. Um, and so I love it, you know, faithification, right? Adding those game mechanics to faith-based learning. 
So when you started to do that, like, I love the story here. You were like, it's like all these things. The flip classroom was working in your classroom. Why not translate that into your Christian, Christian world? Same thing with gamification. You were running alongside me, seeing how that was transforming other classrooms. And you're like, boom, we're going to bring this into, into, into that Sunday school sort of environment. What was one of your like first, I guess, forays into adding faithification in your yeah. in your Christian environment? So it's one of those like I knew it was going to work, but before I ever well, did it, you right? are a rather confident person when you, I, like you set forth an idea, you're gonna make it work. Well, I mean, right, but that's how it works. I mean, when you see it work so well in, in a setting like yours or a setting like ours, mine used to be right? You know, like this is going to work. It's going to transfer. Right. So I went to seminary and I sort of talked about it as if it was something that really existed. You know, you know, game mechanics within a faith-based environment. Like I had never really done it, but one of my seminary colleagues was uh, doing her internship um, at a church. And she was like, this sounds great. I, I actually gave her your book, Michael. Um, and we sort of looked through it together and we were like, how can we do this? And she's like, ah, like, so like, we're going through the letters of Paul right now, the letters of Paul, that's the new Testament after the gospels. Right. Um, and she's like, I don't know. It just isn't very exciting and it's complex. And it, so we gamified it. And instead of just reading the different books of, uh, the different letters, Paul's writing to these church, new churches in these cities. She put up a bulletin board that has a map of, of this ancient time. And then the cities, you know, Corinth and Ephesus. And so all these different places that Paul was writing to. And now her students are to like be Paul. Like they're going to venture this week to Ephesus and sort of address the issues. And, and through memorizing things, through writing things, through some like fun games that they can do, things that they do, you know, you call them side quests, but the things they do at home and then bring in the learning they do um, before or after your time together. And it was hugely successful. And my favorite story from, from Pastor Nikki was that she was they would get certain points, whoever could get something in first. And so kids knowing that they're parents or they are, are late to church on Sundays would stop by on a Wednesday or a Thursday to drop <laughs> off their side quest so that they could get the points. Like, you know, for anybody of faith listening to this, who ever been a Sunday school teacher or conversation, kids don't do, sometimes don't even do their work, let alone do their work early so that they can get, you know, their, their XP um, uh, with that. So it was hugely successful for her. I mean, and, and fun. So I love it too. The, how, like you said, the, the content itself was, right. was complex, uh, but meaningful. This is what right. you guys choose to work through. And at the same time, like applying that game mechanic allowed those students to, to really own that learning and feel a part of it. And then with that sort of theme that you applied to it, even that light theme, just, you know, putting up the map saying, we're traveling right. to these places. We're going to you know, really try to send this message and the word of God to these cities through Paul and his letters. Um, and then the side quests. I, ju I just love that that little theme all of a sudden gives so much context for that, for that student, uh, for that, for that learner. Uh, and I think that that's sometimes what's missing in school and it's probably missing at Sunday school as well. You know, we just ask these kids to learn because we said so. Right. 
And like a kid's imagination is so powerful. And I, and like I, every time I go and do one of these presentations, people are like, wow, like, I don't know a theme that would work or like, are kids really going to care when you just say like, we're traveling to Ephesus, like, and you're just moving a pin on a map. Like they do, they, they do, <laughs> they do. It just somehow becomes an adventure more than some, a, a task you're doing in your classroom. And then I, I love this. So she did this for about a half of a year and it grew and it grew. And the kids were so excited about it that like other people within the congregation were like, what are you doing? This is so exciting. So then the high schoolers became Romans who at that time were persecuting the Christians, the early church. So now all of a sudden, some of this stuff had to be done like secretive because the high schoolers who were ruthless, like were trying to capture them, you know, you know, and then they use that symbol of a fish to identify who was safe and who wasn't. And other members of the congregation were played everything from an, an angel because they're in other adult they're members. Yeah. You know, yeah. Other adult members, right. Like who would, because Paul and Timothy like, were released by an angel from prison one time. Right. And so like, sort of like a get out of jail free card, if you had a monopoly theme, like in a faith-based theme, like to have the grace of God shown or to have the law or to have Romans or to have, you know, angels. I mean, whatever it is, like all of a sudden it's not just the, the, the confirmation class, the middle schoolers. It is a cross-generational, all different ages, um, sort of involvement in this game. And oh, it was so much fun. It was, I mean, she, she really talked about how much fun it was. And then it, it is a little bit more work, I will say, than buying a program and just implementing a program. But at least when I talked to, to my friend, like she's like, I enjoy like coming up with what's next and what's next and what's next. And she's like, and sometimes the kids say, is this coming next? And she's like, uh, yes. You know, it's so yeah, like the absolutely. kids don't even realize that they're helping sort of form the game, which I know you do, right? You sometimes intentionally ask yep. the kids to help well, you create the game. I think, I, I mean, we have definitely said it on this podcast before that gamification by no means is some sort of cheat in terms of speedily getting people interested in your coursework or that kind of stuff. It It is a labor of love, but much like, did you say it was Nikki? Nikki, yeah. Much like Nikki found, uh, I think most teachers, when you see something resonate with your students, when your learners are just on fire about this idea, about this topic, it it all of a sudden becomes truly a labor of love. Like I'm just like, yeah, let's like, well, let's design that next thing. Let's build out some new items. Let's make another side quest. Let's throw a twist in there. Like, oh yes, let's add the Romans. Uh, the other thing that I absolutely loved about your story was this this idea of, if I understood you correct, congressional members that weren't part of the normal Sunday school, like people that are just sort of going to church on Sunday, are like, this is this seems fun. Is you know, if there's is there anything I can do? Or maybe Nikki asked them, like, would you want to play this role? And the fact that these people were like, yeah, like that sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's remarkable. And, and then, you know, that same year later that year, because Nikki was having such success because it was something I was talking about all of the time, like I got to sort of present it to a number of my colleagues. And this is now this was just a brainstorming session, but we went from nothing to this great like, OK, like Nikki's doing New Testament. So why don't we brainstorm Old Testament? And it became this like journey of the Israelite people 
from Egypt to the promised land. I mean, there was bonuses of like manna from heaven and quail, which is scriptural. There was a fear of like, you know, the, the Pharaoh's army coming after them. So there was a, a bad guy, if you could say, say that. Um, if kids, you know, I mean, they're just, it worked thematically. I mean, scripture is such a great story yeah. that the theme is there. And now you just sort of add some of these game mechanics as they journey from one place to another place. And so the Israelites were constantly journeying. So it really just was really worked. And everyone in the room got super excited trying to come up with catchy names, items, badges, right? I mean, super exciting. And we weren't even the students who were learning. We were only the educators, the you know youth leaders and pastors sort of um, nerding out. On, yeah, nerding out on this. Yeah, I love it. And then finally, you know, my my good friend, uh, Carolyn, who is a cross-generational director, a youth leader, but um, for all different ages, incorporating all different ages, you know, she didn't go with like a theme of the Bible, um, the Old Testament or New Testament, right? She, her church was exploring spiritual gifts, um, the gifts we are given by the Holy Spirit. And so that's a, a different sort of message. So we were like, how can we theme this out? And well, basically the idea... You know, she created this gorgeous, like, fake Bible with the stories we were going to use. And the serpent from the Garden of Eden was taking away the spiritual gifts of Moses or of Deborah, right? And and the kids had to, or all people, actually, multiple ages, had to restore the gifts in order to restore the story. And this, they're learning the story. They're learning the characters. They're, we had this, she had this, like... Um, uh, speaker, Bluetooth speaker that she hid like up in the lights so that this voice of the snake could be heard at the end saying, oh, you know, like if you know they were successful, you foiled my plans this time, but next time you better be careful and sort of gives them a clue for next week. And all of a sudden, like people within the congregation, like can't wait for next week because the serpent's going to take this spiritual gift and we've got to save the day and restore the story so that, um, you know, scripture can stay scripture. I mean, it was, and I think their youngest was like three and their oldest was like 90, like all engaging in this, this, um, work together. It's amazing. So that, I mean, if, if we back it up a little bit, that was like your second sort of big jump into faithification was with Carolyn and, and, and her work. Yeah, the Old Testament one really was just a brainstorming session with colleagues. So while I think it could totally work, it was never put into practice, at least that I know of. Um, so, so Pastor Nikki sort of implemented it with her confirmation students, then that New Testament exploring with Paul. And then Carolyn and I were quite extensively together to sort of look at this cross-generational Christian education um, opportunity um, then using these spiritual gifts um, while going through different stories of the Bible that sort of displayed these spiritual gifts. And she actually put that in place. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I guess put it in place for yeah a whole year built on it the following year to sort of expand it even more, um, turned it into something that was sent out digitally so that people who weren't there could still participate. Wow. Really using what we call 21st century skills. Um, and so people were able to engage it different ways. Sometimes people had a busy week and couldn't come and were like, I didn't get anything done, but 
other people did other things. And it was this was instead of a competition sort of against each other, um, it was very collaborative sort of against this fake character of the snake who's trying to deceive. And they didn't pass every week. There was a week where not enough people really contributed, not, not enough people came prepared, and the serpent won. Now, it just so happened that later in the game, right, because you develop the game as it goes, Carolyn found a really creative way to kind of like not go back in time, but be able to restore that spiritual gift and therefore restore the story through another story, right? Because some of these characters reappear in, in other stories throughout scripture. And so, oh, Joshua's here now. Well, now is another opportunity. And people were really excited to like now do it. Like, so everybody participated because they didn't want to fail Joshua again, you know? Like, nice. So, I mean, really, so there's just dynamic ways within, within a faith-based environment to incorporate gamification or as we call it faithification so i guess i wanted to just ask like sounds like she successfully developed one i'm curious like what did you feel or what did she feel was the response from her students from her, from her learners yeah and again i just really want to emphasize that, that these students these learners were of all ages right so not just kids and especially some of the older ones who are maybe a little skeptical doing it so for the kids really jumped in. Um, so she found a couple of things. One, some of the people like very much, I mean, you do what you want to do or what you love to do. So like, you know, a, a, an older couple just loved to read. So they would read things in the off, um, in the week off and come with sort of a knowledge and a sharing of what they read. One young lady loved to journal. So she would write sort of her reflection on the story and her experience. The little kid colored pictures and she would come with her grandmother, this little three-year-old, and they would color pictures together and they would maybe memorize like one of the Bible verses or a little bit of the Bible verse together. But what, what somebody within, you know, as a faith leader, what excites me about that is people are engaging their faith Besides that hour on a Sunday morning, that's hard to get people to do. We claim, you know, we're so busy, we can't do it, you know, like, I mean, and yet now people willingly are engaging things throughout the week so that they can come on Sunday, you know, to church or to the Christian, whenever your, your, your sort of Christian learning happens, this happened between their services, like would come prepared so they could contribute something. And, and so I just, I think that's really exciting. And they really liked it. I mean, they did it for two years and then decided let's try something else. So I'm, it, it, it's something they now have in their sort of back pocket if they want to redo it. And honestly, if I'm uh, being good friends with Carolyn and I hear what she's doing, there are game mechanic elements now, even in the other things they're doing. Timed things, slight competition things, um, some extrinsic awards, rewards for sort of like achieving certain levels. It's not fully gamified by any means, but you have those gamified elements that now just make the learning even more engaging because they were so successful when they did sort of a whole full curriculum of faithification. And that, I guess for me, is what I just want to encourage kind of everyone out there listening is like a really good reason why I think you should dive into gamification and like really give it a big go, you know, like do it for a whole unit, do it maybe for a whole year because I, I swear like gamification on some levels is just really good 
teaching. I mean, these game mechanics can be applied anywhere. And I mean, I say it a lot that if I was asked to stop gamifying, I, I mean, on some level, I, I don't even know if I could like teach without doing some of these elements. Like, fine, you can right. take away my theme, but like, eh, like I'm still gonna use some of these other elements. They're just good teaching. So, you know, it sounds like she's sort of forever changed and thus like her community, her faith community is going to be forever changed because she's going to bring that lens to to everything she builds out. And as you said, in her situation, because these kids are going to continually go through her program, you know, they they should change it up a little bit, you know, or they have to be super intentional and design some like 12 year game, which is insane. So (laughs) like, I think, uh, you know, it's smart that she like pulls it out of rotation try something else and now that's like a feather that she can always like pull out and use right. so and, and skills on gamifying that she can apply in different ways and little ways and fuller ways I mean it just becomes a tool in your toolbox right yeah I mean it's a, it's definitely a way of understanding how to lay things out yeah. um, and 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 I, I really say too in in my classroom it really makes me focus on that learner and think about like what do they need in this moment? And I am sure Carolyn, when she was building this game out, uh, or Nikki, when she was building her game out, she responded to like, oh man, last week we we need a little bit of excitement or last week we need a little more like quests or whatever. And then she met that need, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly it. Uh, we started off with, I mean, she and I would have a fun time some nights. You know, I'd go over there and over a glass of wine, we would come up with badges and then the names for the badges and then search for graphics for the badges, right? And some of the badges were wildly successful. Some of the badges, people weren't really that interested. We loved them. We thought they were really cool. And maybe later on or another game, we can sort of apply some of these these badges. But um, that's what you do, right? It's like, ah, there's a lot of people who are, you know, like nobody's memorizing anything. Nobody wants to sit and memorize. So, okay, well, that badge is going to go away. But everybody's connecting what we talked about this week to last week. Oh, so then we created these like chain links so that if you – in a, in a, in a somewhat meaningful way, connect this week's learning to last week's learning or previous learning, you can earn a, a, a chain link. And then the chain links kind of go together, um, to, to add on or to build on. And the more chain links you have, then there was, a um, another sort of a power up, a level up of, uh, the more the more chain links you have. And some people then really took to that, right? We said, this is the way they want to express their learning. How can we offer them sort of, um, how can we engage that learning a little bit more? And so we created a badge for it. I like it. Um, this unfortunately brings us right to reflection time. Reflection Boom. time. And... I will be quite honest, Adam, Pastor Adam here, provide us a really good quote to sort of mull over here that uh, fits, I think, what we're talking about. Uh, do you do you want to share it or do you want me to share it? <laughs> I don't think it's up on my screen anymore, so why don't you share it? All right. Ecclesiastes. Yes, comes from Ecclesiastes. <laughs> this is the quote. You ready? Here we go. I know that there is nothing better for God's people than to have 
and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their work. Right? From Ecclesiastes 3, right, verses 12 and 13. Right? And I just love that, right? There is a lot that I think, I would say that God asks from us, but it is good to be reminded that there is joy and there is happiness, that the fun we have is of God, and that joy and happiness can be found in our work, right? Some translations say toil or labor. Um, work doesn't have to be miserable, <laughs> right? Labors are, are, we can labor in faith. And when laboring in faith, that can be something that brings great happiness and joy to us. And so as our labor is learning, let's make that learning uh, an experience of joy. Yeah, for me, the quote reminds me of, um, I'm reading a book right now called The Happiness Effect. And yeah. it really talks about the way like we frame things in our minds can really like change how we really perceive them ultimately and this, this notion of work labor toil whatever you want to say uh it is really a construct of our own mind and how we see it and he really talks about when we when we talk about what we do in life you know people that define what they do as their job that is a work connotation yeah. right people that define it as a career that is like much more empowering and they're like excited about it. And then like those, like the ultimate like positivity is if it's a calling, right? If this is just, I am called to do this. This is what I am like made for. Then all the little things that we can complain about kind of melt away. Um, but he also really talks about like this, this is important that we do it. And I think this quote kind of reminds me of, you know, this, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to have an enjoyment with each other and community, but but also what we do, what we create, it, we're we're creating this for each other and and ultimately like for a better world, right? For a better world and to the glory of God is something that I think um, I would say people of faith might say, right? To the glory of God, how are you? Is your labor, your work, glorifying God? How is your learning glorifying God? And I can t speak to my my calling. I mean, I was called to be a teacher. Um, and I felt like I did that very well for a number of years, and I really fully lived in that. And then God said, you're still the teacher, but let's change the content from theater to, to faith, and let's see what that does. And at least at the start of this, you know, through my seminary career, and as I start um, now in a church, it's, it is where I am supposed to be at a time that the church needs some innovative and creative um, educators. So, Well, I am sure without a doubt that you are going to make sort of an impact on how faith-based learning happens in your local community but knowing some of the tech and the professional yeah. learning networks that you're a part of i am sure we'll see more of those those things sort of take flight in, in your career as well as just faith communities in general yeah i hope so god willing <laughs> so i uh, thanks, everyone, for listening today and, and joining Adam, Pastor Adam, and I on this this kind of interesting, different journey into yeah. gamification applied elsewhere. I think Adam said it best in the beginning, and that being this is just a great example of how gamification can really be applied to almost 
any situation where you're teaching, whether that's adult ed, children ed, you know, summer camp, whatever, you can use these mechanics because it's just solid teaching. It is. So everybody, before we sign off, just check out hivesummit.org for some free PD this summer. Uh, register today. It starts August 1st through the 14th. Sweet lineup. We'd love to have you as part of it. Thanks for listening. It's always an honor having you each week here on Well Played. Uh, everybody, enjoy your week and play on.